Morning. You know, I remember uh, during one of our very first meetings about Renovation Church, I, I hadn't even officially gathered our, our launch team together yet, but we had uh, 20 or so people that were just really interested right out of the gate. So I kind of got them together. We did this kind of get to know you. I'll talk a little bit about the church meeting. It was right here at a house in this neighborhood in, in the lakes. And I, I remember it well because uh, up until this past winter, it was the only time that I can remember in April there was just discernible, measurable snow on the ground. Of course, we had the a snowpocalypse last April. We had a, a canceled church for the very first time. But I can remember it was my first meeting as a lead pastor and not a youth pastor. And the street signs were covered with snow. I remember getting out of my car and brushing it off, making sure people could find the spot. And for whatever reason, a, a, a number of people couldn't make that meeting. And so there weren't a lot of us uh, there. Uh, Lindsay and I were there. Uh, Zach Fody, uh, who's been our worship pastor from the very beginning. Uh, he and his wife, Allie, were there, but uh, not a lot of people were there. And I just remember leaving that meeting of, I don't know, there's maybe 12 or 13 people. I just remember thinking, am I crazy for doing this? Like, how is, it, how is this actually going to work? And one of the guys said, hey, we should have a prayer meeting. I thought, that's a good idea, <laughs> right? And as you saw, God has moved. You know, I can remember standing on this stage. It was October 19th. 2014. I mean, we had these uh, slides. We called it the most important Sunday in our history, and it was up until that point. And I stood up here, and I said, hey, guys, uh, we keep growing, um, and uh, we're reaching more and more people for Christ. I know the average age in the room is like 29, which it was at the time, but we're going to try and raise a half a million dollars to purchase land. And God did it, and God moved. Now, I remember the, the craziness of our land negotiations, which was kind of the end of 2016. Some of you know the story, some of you maybe don't. Uh, the owners of our property, they were selling their land for $6 a square foot. And we offered them a paltry $4.25. Just, just $4, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> a, square, a, square, a square foot. And because that's all we could afford. And, but we thought, okay, this is an amazing piece of land, and, you know, why not try, right? I know this is kind of like a low-ball offensive offer, but we're, we're gonna, I don't know. We serve a big God, and so we, we, we put it out there. And they came back, they countered and said, you know what? We would do $5 a square foot, which we couldn't even remotely afford. And so in one of the more painful days of my life, we had to get back to them and say, hey, we can't. We're going to walk away, which was just an awful feeling because it felt like we were, maybe had a shot at this. Well, four days later, they called, and they said, we'll take your original offer. And they said, and not just that, we asked for a certain amount of acres. They said, the way that you're asking for it, it doesn't work in parceling out our, our land just right. And they said, so we're going to throw in an extra half acre for free. And so they were selling it for $6 a square foot. We offered four twenty-five. We ended up walking away buying it at three eighty-five a square foot. It was a savings of six, over $600,000. Just amazing, right? Okay, so why even, why even talk about these things? Why look back to our past? Because it's our history. It's not just our history. It's the history of God's faithfulness to this church and the people of this church. And as we get closer and closer to the next exciting chapter of our future, I think it's important that we remember and that we understand our past. 
And so as we take a break from the book of Luke for just two weeks, this is going to be a different sort of Sunday. If you're visiting for the first time the Sunday, as I know uh, inevitably some of you are, this is not what a normal Sunday looks like, but I guess you're going to get a good look at where this church is going, uh, which is one good thing. But as we talk about our future, as we talk about our future building, uh, for many of you, some of this will be familiar. But for almost 100 of you, this is brand new. Almost 100 of you are new just in the last 12 months. That's, that's crazy. That's awesome. But this is crazy, too. Uh, for the last year ago, for the last year or so, we've called this process uh, Harvest. And we named it that because of the unique story of our land and because of God's heart for people. And so our land, uh, which you can see is uh, kind of right near the corner of Lexington and 125th, just down the road here uh, in Blaine, for almost a full century uh, was uh, called the Finn Farm. It was used as a farmland, and God used it for a fruitful harvest every year. And we're praying now that God would use that same land for a fruitful spiritual harvest. Right? Because the harvest is the heart of Christ. We see this in Scripture. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus, it says this, When he saw the crowds, that's Jesus, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest, that's people coming back to God, to know God. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And indeed, our field, our harvest here at Renovation Church has grown immensely. And a lot of that growth is people who are coming to meet Jesus Christ. So much so that this field at North Point Elementary here, we in a sense are going to run out of room for the harvest. I use another way to look at those numbers. In fact, over 35% of you in this room weren't here two years ago. Over 35% of you weren't even here two years ago. We're reaching people. We're growing fast. We know that we can't stay here forever. We know that someday we're going to hit a ceiling to growth here in this school. In fact, let me show you this on a chart. Anybody love charts? I love charts, so I just, amen. It's okay to say amen here. All right. Um, so this is a chart. I brought, uh, this is, I brought a laser pointer. I'm sorry. Uh, that's who I am. I'm just not going to deny it or suppress it. Okay. So here we are, starting back in 2009. Obviously, there's some growth along here. But really, from about 2015 onward, there's just been some pretty drastic growth at this church. So present day, on an average Sunday morning, you know, it's probably a little over 500 people here today. So what we're projecting is if that growth that we've had sort of continues out, and we took it at about 25%, which has been about average for the last couple of years here, you can see that we hit our growth limit, which was right around 800 in this building, in just two years. Now, some of us, some of you that have been here for a while, we've been talking about this for years. We say, six years from now, there's going to come a day, and we're two years out from this. And so it's coming quickly at this point when there's not much more that we can do. There'll come a day when someone will come into the door wanting to know more about Christ, and we will literally have to turn them away. Actually, I'd probably just ask one of you to go, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's crazy, and that, that's close. Now, obviously, we can do more than 800. We did 1,900 at Easter, right? But that was seven services, right? That was over 200 of you parked a third to a half mile away that day just so we could make that work, right? And that's not sustainable week to week. It's probably not sustainable in January. You know, you know how that goes. And so I, I think the last thing that any of us want to do is turn away someone who wants to come hear about 
Christ. Because many of you, your story is you, God was doing something in your life, and so you sought out a church, right? And, and, and in that church, you found God. And we want to have space for that. Now, others, I mean, this gets more and more true as the years go on, others are never going to come to church. They're not going to find Christ that way. And so our job is to bring Jesus to them and share with them about Christ. And many of those people are going to meet Christ. Well, still the same thing. Once they meet Christ, they're going to need a place to go, right, to worship and be discipled. And so regardless of how it works, we need the space in the room. Now, I know some of you in this room have seen our plans for the building before, but many of you uh, have never seen them. Uh, and even if you have seen them, I, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I think it's still kind of exciting to look at again. And so uh, we're going to uh, take a look at that in just a second. Uh, as I begin to show you that space, I'm going to actually ask uh, some of our ushers uh, to hand out to you as we talk, uh, and they can go ahead and do that right now, um, our updated uh, harvest booklet that our staff has put together for you. So take this, uh, you can take this home with you and just begin to look at some of the information uh, in there. I believe that at defining moments like this in a church that it's important to communicate thoroughly and clearly, and so we want to be able to do that uh, this morning. All right, so we're going to start taking a look at the actual building and the property here. And so uh, let's throw up kind of the parking lot, just an overview here. And so this is Lexington Avenue right here, 125th essentially runs right here. The gas station is right here. And so uh, you can see on this particular slide, our team felt like situating the building in that spot allowed us to maximize the parking lot for the shortest walks and still give great visibility uh, to that corner. Uh, One of the things that you might have opened up to in your booklet uh, is the actual layout of the building. And so let's take a look at that. Uh, If if this looks too small for you on the screen, uh, this is on page 10 uh, of your booklet. And so the building itself uh, will be uh, 25,000 square feet. And so the parking lot is essentially down here. People will walk into the uh, lobby, gathering area, whatever we want to call it, and then can walk right into the sanctuary auditorium. Now, this uh, auditorium is going to seat 500 chairs, significantly more than we have right now in this room, like on a huge day, if we pack it back to the wall uh, and crammed and you're kind of like sitting right next to someone, we could jam in about 280 to 290 uh, in this room. One of the things that we're going to do in this auditorium, that's a bit different, I would say, at least for a modern church. A lot of modern churches will have kind of a sloped floor, and they bolt the chairs down to the floor. We're actually going to have a flat floor. Uh, We're going to do that for a couple of reasons. One, it's economical. Two, it's incredibly flexible. And so if we need to add a third service, right, and you're not expecting as many people, that we can do that and not have to set up 500 chairs, right? Our youth group is going to be meeting in there uh, in the first phase. And so if they just want to set up 100 chairs, they can do that. And by the way, uh, they need more space too, right? Uh, they're actually maxed out right now at our offices, at our, at our youth ministry center. Uh, if you're going to have a wedding in there someday, your child is going to get married in there someday, that you could set it up and just have a, a center aisle if you wanted to. There's maximum flexibility. Uh, then to the right of the gathering space here, this is our children's wing. And you can see we have actually seven classrooms, which is awesome because right now we only have four. And so uh, that allows our children to be divided into much smaller age groups. And then most of those rooms actually have their own bathrooms in them as well, which is great. And then kind of here to the left, so you can really quickly get anywhere from this central gathering space to the left. This is kind of our admin and then teaching space. So 
in the first phase, we have a, a, a nice classroom, meeting room for if we want to do renovation rundown on a Sunday morning, and more specifically, so we can teach Bible and theology classes at Renovation U uh, in the summer. Now, the other thing that we'll have here is where our offices are right here as well. So um, we'll be able to move our offices from the Rain Tree Professional Center, where they are right now, into the building, which is significant, right? This is two leases that we pay as a church. We pay a lease here from, I know it would be nice if the school district gave it to us for free, right? But they don't, unfortunately, and so this is significant, the lease that we pay here. And so also is the lease that we pay at our office center, and both of those go away when we move into a building, which is, which is nice. Now, obviously, we don't have an unlimited budget here. So if you're going, where's the six gyms? Where's the pool? Right? I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it. Right? We can't do everything. You know, our team really prayed and we thought long and hard about what we need to best live out our vision. Right? And that's what the building is designed around. You know, we also know that in time that we're probably going to need an even bigger building than what we can afford at this point. Right? Maybe that's just, I don't know, maybe we go up and People just come and come and come, which I think in some sense is probably going to happen. Maybe a year in, we've got to expand. Right? Maybe it's two years. Maybe it's five years. It's the Lord's timing, right? And if we do need to expand, there's a plan for that. So I'm going to just show that to you real quickly. It's a little bit in the future, but I still think it's exciting. So here's what it looked like. My favorite part is if you look on your booklet, you can kind of see this area right here and right here in phase one was actually admin and classes. And so that sort of blows out and goes off to the side. And then we expand the auditorium backwards, and it now goes from 500 to 875 seats at that point. We expand from not just seven children's classrooms, but to 10 at that point. And then we were able to add yet another teaching classroom for Bible and theology. We add a youth group space, and then there's plenty of offices at, at that point. And so that's for the future, but I just wanted to give you a glimpse of that. If you have questions about this, anything in the process, about this layout, uh, I, I, please ask questions. There's a frequently asked questions guide in the very back of the booklet. Um, I, I hope that's helpful to you. Uh, or you can come, come, not this coming week, but the following week, that's the 11th or the 15th, uh, come to one of our house groups. We're going to do a Q&A. I'm going to visit all of our house groups in one week and just allow people to just ask questions on, on anything you want. If you're not in a house group yet... We'll have a, a Q&A in between services uh, here in the cafeteria uh, next week as well. Uh, our, our architects, actually, let me say this. Because I, I think what we're talking about this morning is so important, I'm actually, this is maybe a bit weird, but I'm actually going to ask you to take your booklets. Would you just put them under the chair for just the duration of the service? And then you just make, make sure you grab them on the way out today. Um, but I just want your attention on this because I think this is not only important, but this is kind of cool. Our, our architects and our general contractor, a few of you have seen this before, but they actually made a, a flyover of what this will gonna look, is going to look like. Uh, it doesn't have detail attention windows and all that kind of stuff, but it's just the blocks. But it still gives you an idea of what this is going to look like. So let's take a look at this a flyover, and I'll show you kind of what the property will look like. Okay, so here you have Lexington Avenue is right here. This kind of gold area is phase one with the outer transparent edges is what phase two would look like. And so you walk in from the parking lot, lobby, gathering areas right here. Auditorium is in the back. Of course, the parking lot is full, right? That's wonderful. Uh, children's areas are all right along here. Um, you're going to see some people here looking for a door, which there isn't one. Whoops. Um, and then uh, gathering and entry area. And then here's where teaching classrooms are. Uh, ad, admin areas right here. And then it's basically going to show you 
what it would feel like as if you were driving along Lexington Avenue. And so our heart was not to hide ourselves as a church. Sometimes churches put themselves way back off the road. Uh, We want to be right there. We want you to drive by and see us and think about it. And so there you can see the church kind of in uh, all of its glory, I guess. So pretty cool. And so our, our architects, our general contractor, have estimated that phase one of this building will cost somewhere between the $5 million and $5.5 million range. That's a number that allows us to build something that looks nice, but we've been really careful. This is kind of the, who we are to not build something that's outlandish either, right? It's, it's, it's a church. It's not a shopping mall. We want to build something that we can afford as well. And so how do you do that? How do, how do you, as a church of 500-some people, afford something like this? You know, one of the things that we can't necessarily, I suppose you could, but it wouldn't be that effective, is to just put money aside from our budget. So let me give you a mathematical example of this. If we were to just put uh, 10% of our budget aside, it would take us 22 years to have enough for a down payment for this building. Right, that's too slow. It's too slow given what God is doing here right now. We're like we're on God's timing, not just necessarily what makes us feel comfortable. And so the way we've gone about this in the past, both with our land and starting with this building, is by having people make pledges of above and beyond giving of what they're already giving. Or many people are maybe deciding to give for the very first time in doing this. And so we rolled out this process, a lot of this, uh, 12 months ago uh, for the very first time. And we set a goal to raise $1.1 million in pledges over a three-year period. And a year ago, we saw 1.3. So the goal was 1.1. We saw $1.3 million pledged, uh, which was amazing. Uh, A quick update for you. Uh, Many of you have asked, how's that coming in? What's that look like? So we just passed the 11-month mark. And if everything was right on track mathematically, uh, we'd want to be at about $401,000. And right now in the account, uh, we have about 332000 So we're about 17% short right now. Now, some of that will be made up at year-end giving. Uh, some of that won't. So that's, that's where we're at. And so one of, the, one of the big questions I know that many of you came with this morning, after seeing all this, and maybe you've been thinking about this for the last couple of weeks, is, okay, based on all this information, when, right? Like, when is this, when is this happening? And so we've had a number of conversations with our bank in the last few months trying to make sure exactly, based on all the parameters, what, what, what do we need to get there, to get a down payment, to start construction? And based on those conversations, our goal date for breaking ground is... I feel like we should, yeah, drum roll. Thanks for the drum roll, yeah, all right. Um, why did the rest of you not drum roll? That was just, you made me feel awkward, right? Our goal date is March of 2020. That's when we want to break ground. And so that's, that's just 16 months away. That's just a little over a year, and we're going to be putting this shovel in the ground. That's, that's crazy. That's going to go fast. For a lot of you that were here last year, when we first started talking about harvest, you think about that, that's already been 12 months. Think about how short that feels. We're just 16 months from putting the shovel in the ground, which is awesome. And I really want, like, a golden shovel that day. It's just, I don't, I just, I need it. I'm going to, do they sell those at Menards? Because I'm going to get one. Okay. Now, as exciting as this is, and because it's starting to feel close now, March 2020, 16 months away, is a goal date. 
And so if, if we don't do anything else, right, if, 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 like, say we didn't even talk about this morning, this morning and things kind of continue as they are, uh, I would say we have about a 50-50 shot of starting construction in 16 months, in uh, March of 2020. Now, there are a lot of factors to this, some of which are in our control, some of which are not. Uh, let me just cover some of those factors. Um, how well the pledges come in is certainly a factor, right? Like if a lot of people say, I'm going to pledge this amount, I'm going to pledge, I'm going to pledge, and then don't give that, well, that's significant, right? That's a huge factor in the process. Uh, the continued growth of our attendance is a factor, right? That factors in to our ability to actually pay a mortgage payment when we move into the building. Uh, other factors include uh, what happens to the economy in the next year and a half, which affects construction prices. Uh, perhaps the biggest factor to the timeline of this process, and this is something that you can actually begin praying about, that would be a huge blessing, is the percentage value that our building appraises at. So this is kind of like, I don't know if you bought a home before, but when you buy a home, you know, list prices are high often. The, the bank is not going to give you a loan based off necessarily your purchase price. If the appraisal, because you have to get an appraisal when you buy a house, if the appraisal of your house is lower than that, they're going to give you a loan based off the appraisal. Now, building a church is a bit like, you know when you buy a car, they say as soon as you drive it off the lot, the resale value of your car goes down, right? And so when you build a church, you might build it for $5 million, but as soon as we go and we turn the key for the first time, the sort of market value of the building drops anywhere from 70% to what we paid for it, 70% of it, up to as high as 90%. What's well, a huge range, right? A 20% range on $5 million is a million-dollar difference. And so there's some variation here of what can happen with our loan. And so there is some ambiguity in it. We want to control what we can control, but we're also just we're praying, right? And we're just trusting God that whatever happens, whenever it is, that it's, it's, it's in his timing. But we want to do what we can do, right, to increase our chances to get in, to start building in 16 months in early 2020. And so in light of that, we're setting a goal today to raise an additional $125,000 in two-year pledges. That's the amount of time that's left on harvest. And so these $125,000 in two-year pledges. And uh, let me give you three reasons for this, of why we're kind of looking at it this way. Uh, number one, this is the first reason why I think this is important. Right? Every dollar is less debt, right? Every dollar we pay on the front end, that's less interest you're going to pay on the back end. The less money we give the bank, the more money we have for ministry, right? Uh, number two, we as a church, we want everyone on board. Now, there are hundreds of people in this church that are already on board with this. And if you are, you're incredible, right? We thank you. I thank you. You are just awesome for having the faith to believe in this, of what God's going to do in the future. But we also know that almost 100 of you are new since we talked about this last time. And honestly, we all want to do this together because we're all part, even if you're new from nine months ago, we're all part of the Renegade Church family together. 
Right? This idea of every single one of us playing a part, that's, not, that, that's part of our DNA. Right? This is not a new thing to our church. This is why we call ourselves a robo-church, not a cruise ship church. We all pick up an oar and do something together. See, our heart is that you walk into this building in 2020 and that every single one of you can feel like you are a part of this, like you are a part of making this happen. And let me give you a third reason why we're doing this, of why we're aiming and praying to see an additional 125,000 in just the next two years in that pledge. It makes that extra 125,000 March 2020 much more doable. The chances go up, right, from just being 50-50, right? And we could just say, oh, let's just wait, and maybe it's another year or two or something like that. We don't want to do that for a couple of reasons. One, God is moving in this church right now, right? Here's another reason. The math is a bit complex on this, and if you hate math, I'll spare you this. But if you love math and, and Microsoft Excel and you're that kind of person, you want to know, I will explain it to you in the hallway or at a Q&A or something this week. But one of the things that we know is if we can't make March of 2020 work, then our next possible shot is March of 2021. And so by the way the math works with the loan and what we have for income, if we don't hit March of 2020, we're not pushed back two months or three months. We're actually pushed back an entire year. That's significant. Yet another reason that we want to move now, right, and get as close as we can to that March 2020 is so much is going up in that future, in our future neighborhood now, right? Have you driven by there? Our banker was in town uh, maybe two weeks ago, and uh, Ben Rickers and I, Ben's our kind of main finance guy for this from our church, we met with him in a meeting, and he was kind of saying, you know, it just depends on the area. Is it kind of deteriorating? Is it going downhill? Are things being built? And Ben kind of said, we gotta, you need to come out to the land. And we brought him out there, and we're out there, and I said to the guy, listen, you can hear the guys with the hammers building houses right now, right? There were 270 houses that they're building right next to our church property, right? Have you driven on Lexington lately? You've seen what they're, they're building a quick trip which is where I'm going to go when I forget my lunch, uh, <laughs> just south of our office, right? They're, if you drive on 125th, just kind of across the street and a little bit to the, to the east, they're building a brand new elementary school, which is going to open in the 2019 to 2020 school year. And that's amazing, right? Because you not just have commuter traffic, you have so many Blaine residents that are then driving by our building to drop their kids off at school. You have so many residents that are driving then on Lexington to go to the Lexington Athletic Complex, which is just south of our property. I mentioned to many of you before that this intersection has 27,000 cars a day that go through it. I actually looked it up this week on MnDOT's website, and it's now 29,000. It's gone up just another 2,000 in 12 months. Right? We want to build a space for people to encounter God. Sometimes people will say, but there are other churches in, in the city. Yeah, there are, but the attendance of all the churches in Blaine cumulatively adds up to about 6,000 people. There are 60,000 people that live in this city. And so the point is that things are moving fast over there, and we want to get in on the ground floor, right? We don't want to miss this window of opportunity. And so if, if you're sitting here this morning and you've never made a pledge to this before, to, to harvest. And this is your church. Would you just today, would you just begin praying about this? 
Right, would you begin just taking this to the Lord? Uh, two weeks from today, on November 18th, so this is not long, this is 14 days from now, we're going to be back in the book of Luke here on a Sunday morning. But at the end of that service, we're going to have sort of a commitment, a Sunday, and we're asking you to pray about making a two-year financial pledge on that day. And this is a pledge of above and beyond giving, right? So it's an addition to what you might already be giving. Uh, if so, if you're already giving to the general fund, we're not asking people to move their giving from the general fund to the harvest fund, right? Because then we can't pay the rent here <laughs> next week, right? You understand how that works. And so if you're here today and you've already made a pledge to harvest, which is a lot of you in this room, you don't have to make a new one. You already made a pledge for what we're going to do for three years. Now, if you want to revise your pledge, you want to say, yeah, we're, what we're going to do for the next two years is a little bit different, uh, then you can just hand it in and say, here's what the next two years are going to look like for us. And we'll just look at both numbers and we'll just take the bigger one. Uh, <laughs> right? So, no, but seriously, maybe you've gotten a promotion in the last year, right? Maybe God's just doing something in your heart and you want to change what that is. You, you, you obviously can do that. I'm just asking that every single one of us would pray and pray through this individually and just corporately together during this, during this process. Listen, I know that this takes sacrifice, right? I, I, know, I know this. Lindsay and I are pledging just the same. I know that it's, it's hard work. But we don't see the results if we don't work for it. I mean, this is Ecclesiastes in the scripture, Ecclesiastes 11.4. says, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds, right? You're just sitting there, you're not doing the work, will not reap. You know, I've spent a good amount of time this week, the last couple weeks, just kind of looking back at our history. And I was reminded this week of the, the week when we first announced back in 2014 that, hey, we're not going to be in a school forever. We're going to start this process of actually purchasing the land. And I, it's kind of been my custom through this whole process. I went to all of our house groups. I think we had four or five at that point. And I remember one of the guys, he kind of raised his hand, and he said, so what you're saying is we're going to sacrifice and we're going to give above and beyond for the next six years. Right? It was six years at that point. And then we'll see an amplification, even more of the harvest. He's like, but six years. In my head, I'm thinking, well, this is a loaded question. Right? Like, how do I, like, how do you answer that? Right? I think I just said, yes? <laughs> And the guy, I remember he looked back at me and he said, all right, let's do it. And see, it's, it's because of the faith in the vision of people like that that have already been believing for four years now that we're just 16 months away of seeing the massive fruit of this beginning, of seeing this vision actually rise up from the ground. 16 months is not a long time. And let's not lose heart. If you've been pledging, you're like, ah, oh, it's been kind of hard. Let's not lose heart. Galatians 6, 9. Paul tells us, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Right? The timing of the harvest is never immediate. Right? God's doing it right here, but we know he's just going to do it in a greater level in the years to come. But it's not immediate. It takes time, and it's taken time. Right? You don't put a seed in the ground and then harvest the next day. But if you do the work and you stick with it, you get to see something amazing. 
And so let's just remember, God has been faithful to us, and he will continue to be faithful to us. Let's just seek him and ask him to move through us. All right, let me pray. Lord, we just thank you that we're in a spot that we can even talk about this kind of stuff, God. That we're not talking about shutting down or splitting apart or anything like that, God. But that you got us here, that so many people in this room are meeting you in this elementary school gym, God. And we're just so grateful for that. And I ask, God, over these next 14 days that you would move in all of our hearts collectively. And Lord, you would just lead us to our next phase. In your name we pray. Amen.